Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. So this is time of year where there's chaos for a lot of us. Um, we're talking through the, the series called Wonder um, during this Christmas time, going through the Christmas story. And today we're talking about um, having calm in the midst of chaos. I'm going to say the word chaos a lot today because um, it's, it's what we feel like in our life so much of the time. I was reading this, this week that 30% of people wait and save at least some of their Christmas shopping for the very week of Christmas. So what that means is there's probably 20 or so of you in here that probably still have some Christmas shopping to do, like tomorrow. All right, so if you... If you're one of them and you want to admit to it, go ahead and raise your hand. There, Alan, I love it. Love the honesty. You can always count on him for honesty. Nice work, people. I need to get one more thing. Crystal's not here this time. I still need to get a couple stocking stuffers. I was going to get a toothbrush because she's always looking for some, so I need to go find that. But for the most part, I'm done, which I'm happy about that. No, it's not. She likes to brush her teeth. Is there... Anything worse, though, than going into stores during the Christmas season? Like, it's awful. My wife, this week, told me, hey, I need you to go to Walgreens. Pick up some pictures for me. It was 5 o'clock on a Tuesday night. And in my brain, I'm like, eh, it's Walgreens. There'll be like five people there. No. There was at least five people just waiting for pictures. And I got this thing in my, in my heart. It was like, it was equivalent, like, to road rage. I don't know what you call it when it's like Christmas store shopping rage, but it was there. I was not happy. I wanted to be out of that place. Not many of us like to be, to be in stores this time of year. It's chaos, utter chaos. But chaos is something that we deal with every single day. Every single one of us, we deal with it. If you have kids, do you ever experience a little bit of chaos between about 6.30 in the morning and 8 in the morning? Yeah, you do. If you've got kids... They're fighting with each other. It should be deemed a war zone because that's what it is. And so they're yelling at each other, and, and you can't have it, handle it anymore. And so you're yelling at them louder. than You can't even hear the kids anymore. You're yelling so loud. That's the way it goes. Chaos. Sometimes in the morning, I even bring it on myself. Like I'm like all calm. Like, I got, I got plenty of time. I'm just relaxing with my family. And then five minutes left before I got to head out the door, I'm like, how is there 14 things that I have to do? And it's chaos trying to get them done. That's the life we live. We live in chaos. It's not fun, but we all experience it. Even people, when, when you're in your happy place, man, it can be turned into a chaotic moment like that. Like your car runs over something, you get a flat tire. Or you got to have a big car repair, something of that nature. Or you see police lights in your, in your rear view mirror. It's like immediate chaos. Or you find out, I got no food, and I've got to go to Woodman's at noon on Saturday. Yeah, if you've ever been there at noon on Saturday, it's not worth it. If it's between you and your family fasting for the week and going to Woodman's at noon on Saturday, it's an easy call. You don't eat. Make it a spiritual thing. Or I don't know, but just don't go there, okay? Not fun. Now, here's the crazy thing. The more that we become technologically advanced and the smaller that this world gets, 
All of that is supposed to make life easier and better, but the truth is, is it just makes life easier to hate. Ah, it gets so frustrating. All this stuff that we got to do. Martin Luther King said this in a sermon one time, and he was, I think it makes so much sense for where we're at in our present world. He said, how much of our modern life can be summarized by the words of the poet Thoreau? Improved means to an unimproved end. We have all these improved means for how we live our lives and, and the things that our phone can do and all this stuff. But it's like it seems like it just kind of keeps on leading us to an unimproved end. Things just keep getting more chaotic and more frustrating if we don't take a step back. On the other hand, while life is chaotic and messy, I wonder what would life be like if there wasn't at least a little bit of chaos? See, we live in, the, in this constant tension between wanting calm and wanting chaos. I've said this a couple times before, but my basketball coach, whenever we would lose a game in high school, a big game, he'd be like, hey, guys, the feeling that you have right now, it's awful. It stinks. This is not fun. But it's a better feeling than not having gotten to play a basketball game at all. It's, there's kids out there who are in wheelchairs who've never gotten to play a game. What you're feeling right now is actually a pretty good thing. And I think about that when I think about our desire to have peace and have calm in our lives versus this tension that we have of all the chaos that we've got. We really wouldn't be living life if there wasn't some degree of crazy going on. And maybe we need to embrace a little bit of it at times. The Christmas story is a story of chaos. You look in this story and it's just constant chaos everywhere. There's a, a number of people who are being visited by angels and being told crazy things. There was, we talked about Elizabeth a few weeks ago. She was really old, and she got pregnant. And that kid was John the Baptist. There was another woman who was super young, who had never been with a man before, and she gets pregnant. Baby is Jesus, supposedly God's son, brought into the world. That's crazy. And all this stuff in this story, it is, it, it, it's utter chaos. But there's one guy in the middle of this story that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. He gets talked about a little bit in the Christmas story, but you don't really, in the Gospels, you don't see anything about him afterwards. The guy's name is Joseph. And Joseph, for a lack of a better way of putting it, he is Jesus' earth daddy. I know it sounds weird to say it, but that's the way I term it, okay? This guy's got... His life got flipped upside down as much, as, as much or more than anybody's in the whole story. But there's some things that he did really well. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So we're going to look at what Matthew said in his gospel about Joseph. And so Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 24 is what we're going to read. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him 
and took Mary home as his wife. Does anybody else read that and think to yourself, this dude Joseph wakes up from crazy dreams way better than me. Like this, was, this dream was crazy. And all Matthew says that happened is he, when he woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Matthew's missing some parts here. He's missing the part where Joseph woke up and thought, man, what did I eat last night? That was, that was insane. Anybody ever wake up and be like, something wasn't right with, I watched a scary movie or something. My wife, we, we, we do not respond to dreams like Joseph, okay? My wife one time woke up, and she's the nicest person I've ever known. And I don't say, like, if you know her, you know I'm not, like, just saying it because she's my wife. She woke up and was mad at me all day. And, like, I was like, man, she's, she's, she's short with me today. And I don't get that very often. And it's about middle of the afternoon, she, she comes to me, she's like, I'm sorry, honey. I thought you did something, but I dreamed, I dreamt it. <laughs> My wife was mad at me all day because of a dream. We don't respond to dreams very well. Like you wake up in the middle of a kind of a nightmare type of thing, and you wake up and you hit your spouse in the forehead. But this guy, Joseph, has a crazy dream, and he wakes up more calm than he was the night before. How does that happen? See, I think there's a bunch of things that we see in this story that Joseph is, he's a stand-up dude. There's actually three things in particular that I want to I br- point out to you today that I think Joseph did really well. But I also want to make this clear. I think it's important for us, we can look at people in the Bible and see things that they did well that we can emulate, that we can take as an example. But that's not the ultimate purpose of the Bible. The purpose of the Bible is seeing what Jesus did for us. At the end of this, we are going to get to that. Okay, what did God do for me in this story? But I think these three things that Joseph did, they're, they're pretty powerful. The first thing we, we find is in verse 19. It says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. First thing that Joseph does right in this story is this. Joseph protected someone more vulnerable than himself. He protected his soon-to-be wife, Mary. Now, every single one of us has probably heard the story so many times that you probably know that when it says that Mary and Joseph were engaged to be married, in their culture, that was as good as, as being married, the way that we see it. Like, they were legally bound to marriage. And so, if Mary and Joseph were going to split up, it, it meant even though they were only engaged, they would actually have to get a divorce. Now, what you maybe don't know about that culture is when it comes to marriage, if a man found that his wife was not a virgin when he married her, he was legally bound to divorce her. This was not a thing where he could just, he could give her, he could kind of give her a pass and give her a second chance. Legally, he was bound to divorce her. And the Bible said, Joseph was a stand-up guy. He was a law-abiding dude. And so that's what he decides has to happen. Until he was, he, until that angel came to him, he had to have thought, Mary cheated on me. Like, there was no woman in the world who, like, just came down with pregnancy. I, I, I don't think it happens still, okay? And so he decides, I've got to divorce her because there's, there's just no other option. That's the law. But what the Bible says here is it says 
he had in mind to divorce her quietly. This is not a selfish thing. Some people, when they read the story, and they're like, oh, Joseph, you were going to divorce Mary? That's super selfish. The way that he chose to divorce her, it actually was a super selfless thing that he was doing. See, if he went and made a public, a public divorce, if he made it a really public thing by saying, hey, Mary was unfaithful, he would have essentially made her unmarriable to all, all of the other men in that, in that society. And the way that that society worked, unfortunately, women couldn't really earn a living for themselves. The men made all the money. And so she was bound to her dad or to her husband or something. And so if she was unmarriable because she had been unpure and unfaithful, it would have been a long, long life for her. Not a good one. But Joseph goes about divorcing her quietly. The other thing about this is he could have actually taken her to court and he could have gotten her dowry. Everything that she brought into the marriage, everything she owned could have become his. He also could have probably gotten back all of the money that he had to pay for the bride price. So he could have financially gained from it. And he, choos- he chose not to do that. What he does is he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And that's what he did. Even without this angel telling him that she, w- she had been faithful, it's, it's not, she didn't do anything wrong, he chose to protect someone who was more vulnerable than he was. By initially choosing to go about his divorce quietly, he was actually trying to act out of compassion. He wasn't trying to act out of this desire for getting vengeance. And you and me, we struggle with that. At least I do. I'm a bad person. I like to get, I like to get vengeance sometimes. It feels good. Let's be real. There was this one time, me and some, some pastor buddies of mine, we were, we were doing some bike rides to raise money for missionaries. And we'd do 50 miles every day. And, and most of the group, we did a decent amount of riding, so we could ride at a decent speed. And one guy decided to come with us one year who literally would ride at half the speed, the pace that we would ride. Now, I'm telling you, we did everything in our power to try to get this guy to figure out how to ride faster. We'd be like, hey, dude, stop singing songs because you can't breathe. Doesn't help you. And we're sick of hearing you. No, we didn't say that. I I really wanted to. Then we would be like, dude, just keep on pedaling. Don't, don't stop pedaling. It'll be help. And he would stop pedaling all this. So I'm just annoyed after like a day and a half of this. We stop at a gas station at one point. We're leaving. I let him get out ahead. And I'm like, something in me was like, I'm going to get some vengeance. And I was a bad person. He was out ahead of me and he was going up a hill. And I decided to pass him going up that hill using one foot on my bike. Like, that's mean, right? That's, that's putting a guy in a, his place in a mean way. We like to get vengeance sometimes. But Joseph didn't do that here. Joseph was a better person than me. Thank God. In the midst of this chaotic turn of his life, where, dude, everything was getting messed up in his marriage before he even got married, Joseph chose to act with a sense of calm that a lot of people are not able to do. Okay, so that's the first thing he did. What's the second thing that he did well? In verses 20 through 23, it says, But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, 
the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The second thing that Joseph does right here, this is, if there is a, like a, a high point of a sermon, this, this is it, I think. I love what Joseph does here. Joseph connected the chaos that God was bringing into his life to what God's plan was on a bigger level. I love that. He's connecting what God is doing in his life, the chaos that he's bringing in his life to the bigger level, to the bigger picture of what God is trying to do in the world. And sometimes we need to be willing to do that. What God was saying to Joseph, it was crazy. It was too big for for him. It was out there. But what he realized is it was not just something that was about him. He connected it to something bigger that was going on. He saw the big picture, and so it gave him the calm to act in the ways that he should act in a moment of chaos. Now, it's not easy for us to connect the chaos in our lives to a bigger picture. It's really tough for us to do that, I think, sometimes. I, I've, I've probably mentioned this before. I dated Crystal for five years before we got married. And three of those years, we had to be in a distance relationship. And I've, I will tell people every way that I can, distance relationships, it stinks. I hated it. We had to talk on the phone all the time, but I'll tell you this. I look back on it now, and I see the bigger picture. And having to find ways to communicate with each other, having to find ways, be like, hey, I'm going to be in my dorm room at this time tomorrow. Give me a call. We couldn't text. Texting sometimes, you don't know how to communicate well, I think, with texting. We had to actually talk to each other. And we built ways to communicate with one another that help us every day in our marriage today. And so I look at that, and I, man, I hated it in the moment. But on the other end of it, I can see the big picture. Sometimes we don't always see the big picture when we're in the midst of chaos. When my girls are going through a tough time, girls cry a lot. And when they cry, it, especially when it's this emotional, like this thing where they're hurting. Women, there's a reason why guys get uncomfortable when you're crying that emotional cry. Like if it's like, oh, I stubbed my toe. We're like, oh, it's okay. I'll give you a Band-Aid. We can do something about that. When there's an emotional pain, it's like, I don't know what to do. And we freak out. And with my girls, I got four girls, they, they, so they cry plenty. And the, the times where it's emotional, I want to do everything I can to take away the pain, but I can't. But on the flip side of it, I see what God is doing in their lives as they have to go through the difficulties. And in the bigger picture, it's worth it. And Joseph understood that. And here's what I want you to hear. The angel did not actually tell Joseph when he said, here's all that's going to go on. He didn't tell Joseph Remember, this was what God's plan was in, in the Bible. Joseph figured that out. See, all that, all that the angel said was, Mary is still clean, Jesus is coming, and you need to name him Jesus, and he's going to save people from their sins. And it was after that that Joseph actually connected what the angel was saying to what he had heard in Scripture a long time ago, all the promises that God made. Here's what it is. In verses 22 through 23, all this, after the angel had said what he said to Joseph, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel. You see, this is Joseph understanding what the angel didn't tell him. He connected the chaos that the angel was telling him was going to come into his life to what God's promises were. He connected it to God's bigger picture. 
And so he was able to keep calm in this moment because he was able to see God's hand at work in the chaos. If we can see God's hand at work in the chaos, I can, I can keep a little bit more calm about things. How often are you taking time to consider the bigger picture of what God is trying to do in your life? How often do you take time to consider the bigger picture of what God is trying to do in your kids' lives? The problem for us is not chaos. We think that, we think that the craziness is, is where I'm getting bogged down. It's chaos that we haven't connected to God's plan that will destroy us. When I can't connect God's plan to the crazy going on in my life, that's when I'm going to be in trouble. And here's, here's the problem. Sometimes we can't connect God's plan to the chaos. Maybe we've got extracurricular activities going on that has no redeeming value whatsoever. That's not building my character with an eternal value. That's not building relationships in my life that have eternal value. You know what? Sometimes those chaoses in our lives, if there's no connection to God's bigger plan, maybe we need to let it go. It's okay sometimes for us to let some craziness out of our, out of our lives. But then there's other crazinesses. There's other chaos that maybe I don't feel like it's connected to God's plan, but if I take a look a little bit deeper, is there a chaos with a bigger plan in your life? One of the, one of the chaoses in my life that has a bigger plan, I know, is Kids Midweek. I go there and I'm like, I know this is going to be crazy. I know that I'm going to have to yell at kids. I know I'm going to want to rip my hair out. And it'd be, I'm telling you, it would be so easy to take that ministry out of our church and out of my life. <laughs> and some of that craziness that I go through on a weekly basis, I'd, I'd be like, all right, sweet. But I'd be missing out on what God's bigger plan is, that is a bigger plan than what I can see. Here's my question for you. What is the chaos with a bigger plan that's in your life? What is the craziness that you are just struggling with, but if you look at it from the bigger picture, you know God's got you there for a reason. If we can see those moments, those chaoses in our lives, and understand that God has us there for a reason, then we can fight through it. We can find a sense of calm in those moments. But we've got to connect it to the bigger work that God's doing. Okay, so I've gone through two things. Uh, there's one more thing that Joseph did right. The first one was he protected someone who was in a vulnerable spot. The second thing was he connected uh, the chaos in his life to God's bigger plan. Here's the third thing. We find it in verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. The third thing here, it's kind of obvious. Joseph did what God told him to do. Go figure. Like, that's the right thing that he did. He took Mary home to be his wife. The angel told him, it's okay. You can take Mary home to be your wife. And so that's exactly what he did. But I want you to understand what happened in that situation. The moment that he took Mary home to be his wife, everybody knew that she was pregnant when she shouldn't have been. The moment that he took Mary home, it was like he was telling everybody in that town, I got her pregnant before I was supposed to. That's what, it, that's what was being told to the whole, whole community. That's not a fun thing for a guy in Joseph's position. There's a... One of my favorite commentaries I ever read is a Matthew commentary by a guy named Craig Keener. And this is what he writes in there about Joseph. Because Joseph alone received this revelation, because Joseph alone was told by the angel that Mary was still a virgin, 
outsiders in the story world would still think that he had gotten Mary pregnant before the wedding. He would remain an object of shame in a society that was dominated by the value of honor. And this, this is what I love. Joseph's obedience to God cost him the right to value his own reputation. His obedience cost him something. A question for you this morning. What, what are you willing to give up for the sake of being obedient to God? What rights in your life are you willing to give up if it means being obedient to God? Are you willing for people to think that you're an absolute fool because you're willing to go along with the crazy thing that God is asking you to do in life? Are you willing to live below your means because of the crazy generosity that God is asking out of you? For Joseph, there was chaos at every turn in this story, just like there's chaos at every turn in your story. But he was able to, he was able to stay calm. What in the world made him stay calm? Joseph acted calm not because of his circumstances. If it was just the circumstances, he probably would have been as crazy as any one of us would have been. But because of the peace of knowing that God's bigger plan was all that mattered, he was able to stay calm because he trusted in the peace of God's plan. I want you to understand, Joseph didn't do things right because he was so good. He didn't do things right because he so wanted to please God. He did things right because he understood what God was doing for him. It's so much easier for us to do the right things if we're looking at what Jesus has done for us first. And that's what Joseph did. Joseph could protect Mary because his, his God promised that he was protecting him in his vulnerability. In verse 21, it talks about how this Jesus that's, come, that's coming into the world, he's going to save everybody from their sins. Joseph was able to see my God is going to protect me in my vulnerability, in the vulnerability of my sin. And so I can protect Mary in her vulnerability, even if it costs me something. If God has protected you in the vulnerability of your sin, how can you protect people in the vulnerability that you see them in every single day? Joseph could look at the bigger picture because he saw that God had bigger things in mind to do in his life than to make his life easy. God's not setting out just to make our lives easy. The one thing that he has done, he's, God sent Jesus to make heaven possible for us. That's, that's the main thing he cares about. Jesus experienced all kinds of difficulties. He went through all kinds of chaos. And the reason he did it is because he saw the bigger picture of what we needed out of him. I can go through chaos in my life if I'm seeing the big picture. If, Jesus, if it was good enough for Jesus, it should be good enough for me. And then Joseph obeyed because he realized that God was actually up to something good. Even though the things that he was asking him to do was going to bring more craziness in his life. But what I love about it is that he saw that God was saying, Joseph, you're good enough for this burden that I'm going to give you. There are certain chaoses in, in your life that God is trying to say, you know what? I've called you to this burden. This burden's for you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you along the way. But this chaos is for a bigger purpose. Are you seeing the bigger purpose that God has for the crazy in your life? You might be thinking, man, I, don't, I just, 
like, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with this chaos. I can't deal with the stuff that God's asking me to deal with. Here's the answer for us. Calm comes when we obey in the chaos. Your life will find calm and peace that you didn't think you could have when you choose to obey. And I think sometimes we get it flipped around. We think that if I'm calm, I'm going to obey. But the truth is, when you look at Joseph's life, he obeyed and the calm came. He obeyed. When I, when personal obedience leads me to peace in my life. If I'm not living in obedience, that's when my life gets completely out of whack. And I don't know what calm looks like. The chaos in your life is probably never going to leave. Not, not completely. I think, like I said earlier, there's maybe some chaos we can walk away from. But some of it's, it's there to stay. But you can have peace that exists alongside that chaos. If you learn to trust God's overall picture, his bigger plan. Calm can come about when we learn to obey. Uh, worship team, you guys can come up. I'm, I'm pretty much at the end here, but I just want to ask you this. Are you making the connection between the chaos in your life and God's bigger plan? Here's the bigger plan that God has for us. God's bigger plan is that everybody come back to him have a relationship with him. God's bigger plan is for you to know Jesus and to make people known. Do you hear that? It's just to know Jesus and to make people known. How are you connecting the craziness in your life, the stresses, the chaos, the awful, the frustrating, to this bigger plan that God has for you to know Jesus and to make him known? I'm telling you, we can find calm. We can find peace in our lives but we've got to connect it to God's plan. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.